Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Relationship Renovation Podcast. I'm Tara Kerwin. And my name is EJ Kerwin. And we're just always so excited to be here and providing support for couples, individuals, on how to really have a relationship that feels solid and consistent and emotionally safe. Yeah. I'm taking on a few uh, new clients right now. And so whenever you sort of, you start off with a client, a couple specifically, it's always like so interesting because uh, people come into therapy in a lot of like despair. Like it's so interesting how they've lost like hope that Mm. they can make it work, that they can put it together. And I'm just, but it's interesting because as I'm beginning with these couples and I've been working with couples for so many years now, like it's so easy. I look at a lot of these couples. I'm like, oh, you're going to be fine. Yeah, You're going to get a lot out of this. You're going to have a great time. You guys are going to get closer. Like it's so interesting just how a couple might be feeling so down and maybe hopeless, but I just know like people, we we can turn it around, right? I know that just gave me goosebumps because couples come in very hopeless, very distraught, very frustrated. And I think because we have so many years of experience of working with so many different types of couples, like immediately we can be like, oh my gosh, you guys, this is going to be so amazing. And what kind of gave me goosebumps is that if it didn't work, we wouldn't be sitting here feeling so excited about talking about hope. Like, the process that we take our couples through, that couples take each other through, works. And that years later, we can kind of still hold that excitement and hope and joy, like, you guys are going to be okay, really says something to like the beauty that we see when couples really shift in this way that they wanted to and that that they didn't think was possible. And it doesn't mean it's not isn't going to be hard. And it doesn't mean that it's not going to take a lot of work. And it doesn't mean that you just have sort of like a free pass and like your work on your relationship is over. I mean, that's the other thing that I think it's like so important for couples to to grasp onto though. What we're, you know, what we're sort of peddling here and what we talk about in the podcast and how we work with couples and how we train therapists is it's almost like this like lifestyle that a couple is taking on. It is. A, a lifestyle of where your relationship is central and it takes a consistent intentional effort Mm -hmm. of working on it. And I know we know that because of our relationship. I mean, that's the biggest baseline to it all. And I, I do love how we named our program relationship renovation because it's truly that if anyone has ever done house builds, house repairs, renovating anything, like it can be clunky. It can be inconsistent. It can feel like it's being drawn out forever. But then that final product, I mean, hopefully for most people, it's like, oh, okay, that was really tough, but this feels really good now. And I truly feel that way about renovating relationships. It's like, okay, it's it's going to be messy and it's not going to go the way you think it would. And then things are going to pop up and happen that you don't even think would. But then when you really settle into it and it starts to really take form and shape, it's like, oh my gosh, yeah. So it really is about the journey through that renovation. That's pretty insanely awesome. Absolutely. Okay, so introducing today's topic, when needs go unmet. Yes. 
I think that's sort of the unknown below the surface reason that most couples end up in that place of despair that we were talking about earlier is they think it's because they're arguing. Right. They think it's because they have bad communication. Mm -hmm. They think it's because they have a certain conflict that they can't get through. But I, I think like this whole concept of like, my needs are not getting met. I don't feel connected. I don't feel loved. I don't feel loving. Mm-hmm. I think that this really is is sort of the heartbeat of why couples struggle and why they uh, end up seeking help. It's very true. I mean, and we we do we help a lot of our couples like get to that place of what is the underlying needs, um, but it it takes some work because you're kind of trying to you're trying to shred other layers of like all the arguments and the conflict and the resentment and the frustration and the disappointment to really get to those needs. But we get that, we get to them. And that's when we recognize like, oh my gosh, I have needs. They're really important, each individual in the relationship. And if I really recognize and learn what they are and I'm able to say them in a way that's hearable, maybe my partner is willing to show up for me. It's just, we don't know how to do that. Yeah. We, we don't know how to ask for it. Some of us don't even know what our needs are. So we're going to kind of help you understand what this process looks like. Yeah. So let's start, I think, you know, definite launching point Tara is like, what is a need? And I was, I was thinking that this, I was like, how do I define need without using the word need? <laughs> what is a need for you, Tara? Starbucks coffee, pumpkin spice go. latte. <laughs> no, a need for me, like in our relationship? No, like what is oh. like the definition oh, sort gotcha. of, of, a, of a need? I would say for me, the definition of a need is something that feels very essential to my core being of feeling loved and respected and appreciated and adored. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think so we're, we're specifically talking, we're talking need within relationship. Right. And I think it's like the connector, Mm -hmm. you know, that ultimately at the end of the day, we are two individuals, you know, we're, we are two people on our journey in this world, but we've decided to sort of run it together. Mm-hmm. And I think what separates this relationship from every other relationship is that we sort of have this agreement that we are going to be connected. You know, we are going to support one another. You know, we're going to work towards common goals together. You know, we're going to build a foundation for our life. Mm-hmm. And I think where needs come in is it's sort of like, what each individual requires in order to feel as if they are bonded together in that pursuit. I love that definition. Yeah. Say that again. A need is that which bonds you and your partner together in this journey. And and they come in all shapes and forms, right? Absolutely. We all have very unique individual needs and then relationship needs as we progress and develop yeah. through our relationships. So. And some of them are defined like sort of like very clearly by society, you know, like um, in most traditional relationships, uh, monogamy, mm-hmm. you know, fidelity is a need that a couple has for one another. Honesty, 
you know, that we're going to be, be honest with one another. You know, in vows, you hear like, you know, in the good times and the bad is like this idea that even if things are really tough, you're still going to be there for me. And so yeah. there are some like common agreements that we walk into relationship with. Yes. But there are so many other more subtle needs that people don't identify. Absolutely. And then we take those kind of more generalized needs of fidelity and honesty. And if we don't have the tools around knowing what the micro needs are, you know, we're not able to get to that place in our marriage, in our relationship. Well, you lose that bond, right? That, you lose the bond. You lose that thing that sort of glues you together into a team that is working together, you know? Yes. And I think a lot of couples don't understand this because it's like, well, once we got married or once we like entered into a, like, a monogamous relationship, like I just thought that my person would delete their social media page or there's just this like idea and assumption that like it's just going to happen like fidelity and honesty like it's just going to happen it's it doesn't hear this now it takes a lot of work to make sure that your relationship feels honest and vulnerable so when you're working with a couple and that little dingling is happening inside of you where you're like oh my god like these people are not meeting each other's needs like that is a baseline thing that we're going to have to get there at some point, right? What are you noticing? Like what happens when somebody, when a couple over the long term has not felt like each other meeting their needs? Well, I see a lot of suffering individually instead of together. Like both parties feel alone. Like the other person doesn't really care or get them and so it's like, yes, this couple comes in together because they want, there's something about their relationship they want to make it work, yet they are both so separate in this suffering process, which just as we've said this before, it's easier to suffer when we're alone. And it's so much harder to be alone when we're in a relationship and suffer because then it just really, truly feels like rejection and abandonment. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing that I see. Yeah, a fracture, right? It's like you have these two people who are sitting in front of you who have this life together and yet they're like completely fractured, you know, that they're each, you see them like sort of like coping with their distress in different ways. You know, you see one person who's sitting there sort of like silently weeping and you see the other person like gritting their teeth, you know, you see, you know, one person like super present and ripping out all the things that are wrong in the relationship and the other person staring out the window, you know, it's like you see people who just, even though they're both suffering from the same thing that my relationship feels horrible, they're doing it in completely different ways, disconnected from one another. Absolutely. You know, no glue. Yeah. So that's, again, we're kind of sharing about what happens when needs go unmet in relationships. What do we see? What do we notice when couples present in this way? And what else goes along with that is, okay, so not only do we suffer individually and we feel very isolated, there's a ton of resentment and frustration that's built up. If there's kids involved, there can be a lot of triangulation within the family system 
around needs getting met through children versus parents. I mean, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> um, I see a loss of physical and emotional intimacy. I also see other needs that are supposed to be met from your intimate partner getting met elsewhere, whether that's emotional affairs or physical affairs, but they happen because individuals can only suffer for so long in isolation before they need some kind of need to be met, even if that's a need that goes outside of your relationship, which unfortunately happens a lot. And in that same arena that you're talking about, like some people will remain monogamous and they won't break that fidelity, but they'll get the need met like from their friends. Like they're just yeah. like with their friends all the time and they have very little time for their partner or they get into, you know, a sport or, a, or an activity and they're, mm -hmm. and they're with those people constantly yeah. or they're playing video games nonstop when they're home or they're immersed completely in their work. Like there are ways that people yeah. get their needs met. And those are almost more insidious in some ways because it's obvious if somebody's having an affair, like there's a point where like, you know, the wheels are gonna come off the bus and it's gonna come out. And it's such like this, you know, breaking of this like moral code that's mm -hmm. been passed down that it's just like, like a lightning strike. Whereas if you become a total workaholic, you can spend decades being a workaholic, getting your needs met at work and not being present for your family because you and your partner didn't have a good foundation of getting your needs met in your relationship. And it was sort of functional because you succeeded at work, Yeah, you know, and the other partner's like, oh, he's, you know, they're making more money. So what the heck, who cares? I'll just do my stuff. I'm going to just add on a little bit more because there's a lot of things that happen when needs go unmet in relationships. Because what I also see is self-esteem starts to really suffer and people will have an increase in insecurity there might be an increase in drinking or substance abuse, drug abuse. Yeah. And how do people cope if they're feeling insecure in their relationship? They're either going to numb out to it, like with, you know, drugs, alcohol, or they might, like you said earlier, go out and try to find some other way to feel really good about themselves. Well, yes, know? because there's this loss of sense of self, which then bleeds into codependency, right? Our podcast a few weeks ago. Yeah. So again, this is like, it's so important. And I hope everyone listening here can just soak in what we're saying here and just start to have that curiosity about like, what are my needs? Like, what are my partner's needs? Have we even had a need conversation? A lot of couples don't even have the need conversation. We don't know we need to have it. Yeah. So what are some like, before we go deeper into the sort of nitty gritty, yeah. what are some common needs that we see in relationship or we have in relationship? Okay. Well, yeah. All right. Here, here you go. <laughs> Tara's all about needs. <laughs> Throw them out, girl. Need to feel appreciated. Yeah, big one. Need to prioritize relationships and quality time. The need for, this is different than appreciation, but it's adoration. Yeah. Like, I just really love this person that you are. And so adoration, appreciation. Yeah. Another need is like that a partner really helps develop that sense of autonomy of each person in the coupleship, that it's okay that we're our own independent selves, but together, I feel like that's a, an important need. Okay. I'll go with the need to feel loved the need to have your partner receive love, a need for resolution 
in conflict, mm-hmm. the, the need to, to feel like you've gotten somewhere, like you solved the problem together. Oh, the need of the benefit of the doubt. I had to throw that one a in. A need to be supported, you know, in, in various areas of your life. I know. I just love that. Let me just piggyback because I love when I feel like you're my number one fan. Yeah. It's like the best feeling in the world. Yeah. Because sometimes I think I'm like your number one enemy. <laughs> You know, but we get through it because we have to to do these dang tools we've developed. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's that feeling, like you just said, of like, we're each other's number one fans. Yeah. I think honesty, like, I mean, honesty. honesty. And for me, my biggest thing, how have I not even freaking talked about this yet, is emotional safety. Yeah. Like that I have the ability to be whatever it is that I am. or need to be accepted, right? Yeah. Compassion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a, there's a myriad, right? There's sure. a myriad of needs. Those are just a couple of them. Definitely worth taking some time to individually reflect out there of like, what are my needs? Like, what, what is really important to me? What feels very good? Because we're going to get to this in a moment of the reasons why they don't. Or is that next? Is that what we're hitting next? I think what we're hitting next is what are the common reasons that needs go unmet? Okay, here we we want to really help couples understand that there's nothing wrong with you, that we see this throughout the world population. (laughs) And so that it's kind of, we're trying to normalize, like it's okay if needs have gone unmet because this is what happens, right? And we are here to support people and saying it's happened to us. (laughs) And, you know, it's, it's okay if we learn how we can get our needs met and what our needs are. And we give our partner the benefit of the doubt that they do want to be in our lives. Like we can all get through this. So what are the reasons when, when you know, again, couples get into that place where they feel disconnected, they don't realize that they're not getting their needs met, no. but why, why does that dynamic yeah. happen? Okay. So the number one thing for me that comes up, and this isn't, ah, I guess I can relate to this too, but whenever I ask this question in sessions, there is usually one partner that's like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't really have needs. So I think one of the reasons that, you know, needs go unmet is because some individuals in relationships don't even know what their needs are, but we all have them, you know, and it could be because, oh, we had a ton of siblings growing up and like, maybe we were like the last child. And it was like, well, my needs aren't important because like our house is just crazy chaotic. And maybe you learn and you grew up to like not have needs because it wasn't it wasn't happening to have needs because your house was so busy. I mean, yeah. I think like early on in relationship, it's so overwhelmingly sort of positive at the beginning that it feels absolutely complete. And I think a lot of it's like neurochemical mm-hmm. and that it just feels complete. It feels like you're getting everything you need from your partner. And then inevitably that sort of rush of attraction and rush of excitement and just the newness of it diminishes. And the reality is, is that we have a robust set of needs, but we don't really know what they are. Yes. We, we don't know until, you know, sometimes it's like that, you know, the kind of that saying, you don't, you don't know what you got until you don't have it. You know, that like when you start to like feel depleted in some need, mm-hmm. that's when you're like, oh my God, I need this. But you never asked for it in the first place. Right. And so- how does your partner know to, you know, so that's the thing is like not knowing your need. Yeah. 
That's one of them, not and, knowing your need. And not communicating your need. And those are like separate, but the same, right? Well, yeah. I mean, but another reason why needs go unmet is because communication patterns have already built into this very dysfunctional way. And so by the time it's all happening, you already feel defensive on enemy territory. Like you're already like guarding yourself against your partner. So who in the heck's going to open up about what their needs are or even whatever when you already have this style of communication that is very defensive towards one another. And so of course needs go unmet because you're not able to argue in healthy ways. And arguing is a very healthy part of a relationship. But a lot of us, like again, biologically, like if something doesn't feel good, we are adapted to protect ourselves. And unfortunately we protect ourselves from our partner and we close our heart off to them. And so that's another big reason for me why needs go unmet is because the communication style has not really got to a place where it feels okay. Yeah. And I think also like one of the reasons that needs go unmet is the whole attachment piece that the way we sort of adapt as kids and get our needs met inevitably becomes the way we do in our relationship. You know, and if you grew up in, in a household where you where there was a lot of energy and your needs weren't met, you diminish your needs, and then you get into a relationship, and you what are you going to do? You're going to diminish your needs again, or you're going to rail against having your needs yeah. completely diminished because you're like, I've been dealing with this my entire freaking life, and now you're doing this to me as well. Right. I mean, because what I'm hearing is like we we utilize a lot of attachment theory in our work. And really the foundation of attachment theory is like we attach to our primary intimate partners and the way we learned how to when we're young. And so some of us, great, had needs that were met. We were attuned to. It felt safe and secure. Awesome. I'm sure those couples have great relationships where (laughs) their needs are being met. A lot of us, however, have unsafe environments growing up. So it wasn't even safe to have needs, right? And kids will do anything to protect like their parents, even if these parents are caregivers, are monsters or unsafe, like kids have to find a way to protect themselves. So if you're growing up in an environment that like it's not even safe to have needs, can you imagine what that does when you get into an intimate relationship? And so attachment theory is huge. And when we get into an intimate relationship in an, as an adult, we have these unmet childhood needs that we just automatically unconsciously want our partner to meet. Not happening. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, God, it would be so easy if that could just happen. Yeah. And so it's up to us as clinicians and also as just humans to really understand what are some of the unmet needs that I didn't know, didn't have as a child that I'm now playing out in my adult relationship that's actually not realistic or even fair to my partner because they are not my caregiver. And so that's another process we take yeah. our couples through. And, and so I think I can wrap this one up. Is it, I think ultimately the reason that we end up in a situation with our partner where mutually our needs are not getting met 
is that we just don't have this conversation. Like you know, <laughs> that it's just not, it's not something like yeah. that is in many people's lexicon, you know, of like, oh, like I need to be aware of what my multiple needs are and I need to have the vocabulary to express them to my partner and we have to have the healthy communication and non-reactivity and open-heartedness to not take it personal if our partner says they have a need that's not getting met. Like we just don't have any idea that it's happening and how to talk about it. So yes, let's kind of shift this then because I feel like we did a really good job of explaining kind of the core reason around unmet needs and when needs go unmet and what happens and why it happens. But how do you cope and how do you start to make traction and progress towards a healthy expression of identifying and letting your partner know what your needs are? That is like why we're here really, to give you guys the tools and the support to go into that direction that's gonna lead to healthy expression of needs, which ultimately leads to feeling really safe and loved and connected in your relationship. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, sometimes I feel like a broken record here when we get to the solution part. The first thing is just having a mutual awareness that this is a thing. I like that. You know, is is a thing, you know, because I think like whenever we're able to connect with our partner and sort of talk about what we're about to talk about, we create a foundation where we have a much better chance that we're going to have healthy communication. So instead of like jumping into the conversation with like, hey, I have this need that's been unmet for years and I need to tell you because you need to start meeting this (laughs) need because if not, I'm never going to be happy. That's a harsh startup, right? You know, that's not going to work out well. But if you come to your partner and you're like, hey, I listened to this this podcast today and they were talking about this like Mm -hmm. whole idea that you have needs, like I have needs, like we don't communicate them. When we don't communicate and we don't talk about them, it pulls us apart. And I know like we want to be so happy and we want to be well and we want to like grow together. And so, I mean, are you open to that conversation? Like, I love that. I love that. And it's a conversation around like, what if all of our relationship challenges are actually stemming from this idea of unmet needs, right? Like, what if you're just curious about it? What if my partner is not an actual, like, narcissistic jerk face? <laughs> it's just he or she has unmet needs that, like, we haven't talked about. And so my perception is totally wrong. I just, that's the first thing. What if? What yeah. the heck if? Yeah. And then going into this conversation with your partner, like, what the heck? And even if you're not in a rough place, having the conversation because you love each other and like, hey, what are your needs? Like, we've never really talked about this. Here's a great tool, I think, in having this conversation is that is that there's some structure to it in that if you get to the place where you and your partner are like, okay, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about what our needs are, that when one person is talking about their needs, the other person is very focused on remaining in a place of curiosity, Mm. that they're very aware of defensiveness. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's also very easy in these times when your partner starts to say, hey, 
I need you to be more present, or I need you know a certain a certain type of affection, or I need a higher level of honesty when it comes to this topic. You know, it's easy for the partner that's then on the other end of that to be like automatically defensive, shoulders tighten, heart closes down, and they cease to be present for their partner and listen and ask them, tell me more, help me understand. I mean, this is a big thing I'm working on right now with varied levels of success is that when I'm in an uncomfortable moment with Tara, I'm trying to remain in the place of like open-ended questions. Help me understand, like I saw you tighten up. I noticed it feels like something I just did was difficult or whatever. Can you tell me more so I understand it? I love you know? that. Yeah, the curiosity piece is huge. Yeah. Instead of defending, keeps our heart open. Yeah, and so if you can kind of take a kind of one at a time approach yeah, with it, of, I like that. Of like you're going to talk about one of your needs, and I'm just going to like interview yeah. you almost like, and then when it, when was that need first there for you, right? Because a lot of this also is understanding our partner. And this is the big part of the process that we go through is like, wow, why is that need so important to her versus me? I mean, because that's something that I know creates conflict between you and I sometimes is sometimes I don't understand that need. Yeah. So therefore, I have a hard time meeting it, right? Right. Absolutely. Well, and I have to get really good at like knowing how I can tell you how to meet that you can't just intuit it. You know what I mean? You just can't. So I have to, I mean, this is where that piece comes in. Like, let's just say you don't know what your needs are in a relationship. I think that first step for that person is like recognizing that you have needs and your needs are important just as any other human on this earth. And that most likely your partner wants to meet them, but they just don't know what they are because you don't know what they are. And so for the partner that doesn't really know what those needs are, like, just saying like, you know what, I, I bet I do. I, I, I can't imagine what they are, but I'm open to like starting to understand what they could yeah. be. And yeah, and this is like a deep process, right? Because it's like, you need to identify your need. Then you need to understand that need. Mm-hmm. Then you got to find a way to communicate that need, right? Because yeah. Because like there are certain needs you have and they're different for every person, right? Because emotional safety to you is different. Emotional safety to me is different for emotional right. safety to another person. So like, that's something that, that you talk a lot about with me is like, I need to feel safe in this relationship. And sometimes that just like rattles my brain. Like I'm like, uh, you know, like I don't know intuitively how to meet that need. And so if you can help me understand it, if you can tell me what it looks like, if you can, then I got to fight and chance. I at least have a decision because then I can be like, okay, am I willing? Am I capable? Mm -hmm. I think I'm capable. Mm -hmm. If I'm struggling with willing, why am I struggling with willing? Like, cause that's a whole other, I don't even think this might be another podcast is like, why do we, what are our personal roadblocks to meeting our partner's needs? Oh, I like that. Because that that happens all the darn time. So let me, can I share an example of this last night? You betcha. Cause it was like, I'm still right. I was one of these needless and wantless people walking around when I was young because of all the trauma history. But I'm recognizing my needs and my wants are totally okay. And they're really important, just as yours are. I used to think other people's needs were way more important. And so that was my caretaker part. But I'm recognizing as I do this work and I'm being vulnerable here on our podcast with however many listeners that, 
you know, it's it's work I do every day, but I'm I'm really getting it. And so last night, like EJ had come home from playing pickleball and uh, sometimes at night, our energies are just very different. At night, I notice like that's where I'm most vulnerable. And EJ's more of like, my perception of EJ is like his energy is a little bit more like rigid or I, I don't even know exactly how to say it. So last night we were like making popcorn and I had asked him a question and he had said something like, just kind of like abruptly. And I said, EJ, like it would be really helpful right now if there's a way you could soften your energy for me because I'm feeling like a little anxious. Like I'm, and I'm not saying there's something wrong with you, but for me right now, it would be really helpful if like, however you could soften that. I mean, that was a direct request. I said, this is what would be helpful to me. And was that helpful, I guess? Yes, yes, it, it was helpful. And it, it was helpful because it's like the 50th time you've you've requested it, you know, that you've been consistent in requesting it. And so I'm getting better at responding to it. And this is where we get into the whole, like, how do we get better at meeting our partner's yeah. needs? Because I ran that interaction through a machine that for a long time always came out defensive and mm -hmm. always came out like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, what did I do? You know, and now because you've consistently asked, because you've become maybe more patient with me, or at least like maybe you're also like, you're noticing that I'm trying to change. So you're asking for it in a way that's more hearable. Yes, I think. Now I was like totally able to bypass my defensiveness and sort of raise my energy because my intent like 90% of the time in, in those moments is not to be harsh, is not to be distant. It's just, I'm a, I'm a little bit tired and I'm, my energy is down and I'm definitely in the like, you know, mm -hmm. resolving portion of my day, whereas you're kind of having this upswing at night. And I just like bring, I just brought my energy up. Like I know now like your need is that my energy is a little bit up and a little more present yes. in those yes. moments. Yeah. And so it's just like, hey, her need is that like these last 30 minutes, 45 minutes, like that I'm just a little more present and that's what she needs and I'm willing to give it because I love her, because I wanna feel connected, because I, I wanna feel loved. Because when I'm not meeting your need, I definitely get like the opposite. Like you don't, you're not connected to me. You're not feeling loving well, towards me. Well, I mean, and I think anyone listening right now can be like, oh my gosh, okay, if I wouldn't have known that that was a need for me in that moment and I wouldn't have been able to say it in a healthy way, and then you wouldn't have been able to meet it because it wasn't hearable. Imagine what would have happened in that one moment. See, a moment can change everything. You would have gotten defensive. I would have been so frustrated. I would have gone into my narrative like, we just can't do this. Like, he's not my person. Like, we are not happy together. And then as so many couples just get into that narrative and it keeps reinforcing and reinforcing till it gets so big they're like, okay, it's either counseling or divorce, whatever that is. It's like, okay, well, we understand it. We know what we've been there, you know, and we are just trying to support people in that prevention piece too of like, 
just start this conversation. Yeah. We are always here for support. You can reach out on any of our social media pages. You can call our front office manager and our front office team, and we are here to support you yeah. and answer any questions and have more podcasts about this. And Yeah, I mean, so the primary tool we really gave you was one that's like not entirely complicated. It's just like open the conversation, you know, make this a framework in which you look at your relationship with your partner, make it a framework work that you look at yourself like, gosh, are there needs that I'm not even aware of? Or are there things that I'm feeling that are need-based and I could I could understand this frustration mm -hmm. or this annoyance, or I could understand this like really connection that there's this way that my partner really meets my need that I really enjoy that I don't appreciate that. I don't tell them like, oh, hey, when you do this, this really makes me feel good. You are intuitively meeting this need. Like, thank you. I mean, I think that's a whole other side that we didn't talk about today is if when there are ways in which your partner meets your needs, you got to let them know. You got to say like, hey, I know we're really good at letting great. what our partner doesn't do. Yeah, we are. We are pros at saying what we don't like. We are not always great at saying what we do like, you know? So open that conversation. And then, you know, engaging in any process that increases your awareness of yourself and your partner. You know, we have an, our online relationship renovation at home for singles, relationship ready. You know, those are two ways that can stimulate conversations like this. Mm, yeah, we have a lot of questions. Yeah, you can go <laughs> see a therapist in your area and get some help individually or as a couple, but just like engaging in a process of understanding that you are a human being with needs and you gotta communicate them. And your needs are really important and your partner really does want to meet them. And so to end this, do not let those unmet needs go unmet too much longer. No. no. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Me and you just singing on the train. Me and you listening to the rain. Me and you, we are the same. Me and you have all the fame we need. Indeed, you and me are we. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.